This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What up, Whiskey Ginger fans? How are you? I'm glad you're back. If this is your first time, welcome. If you want to come see the Red Rocket Live, you want to come see Cheeto on the road, uh, I'm going to be touring around the country for the Red Rocket Tour. I'm so excited for this, man. I, I hope you come out and see me. This weekend right now, I'm currently in Denver, Colorado, loving every single second of it. Next weekend, I'm going to be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, then in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, and then in February, I go to Bakersfield, California. Um, I go to uh, Detroit, Michigan, as well as Atlanta. Um, go to andrewsantino.com for all the dates. I'm going all over the place. I go to Seattle. I go to Portland. Um, I go to Philly. Uh, I go to Miami. I'm everywhere. So come see me. Also, subscribe. Do all the right things. Like the video. Comment on audio podcasts wherever you are, whenever you are. Please do it. Help us out. Support us. We appreciate it. Spread the word. Go join our Patreon. It's in the link below. If you want to get exclusive content, one-on-one Q&A stuff that we're going to be doing this month, which I'm super excited to bring to you guys. Uh, and also on the website is the tour dates and the merch. We have a bunch of Red Rocket merch that you guys can pick up um, to keep showing that love, baby. Uh, but for now, enjoy the episode. Do you like Guy Ritchie? I like me some Guy Ritchie, baby. He's uh, one of my favorite directors, actually. Uh, the beauty the beauty that he made, which is Snatch, which is one of the best movies of all time. Is that a dag? You like dags? Yeah, I like dags. Um, Guy Ritchie has a new movie coming out. It is an incredible action movie that comes out next Friday, an all-star cast. It's funny, smart writing. It's Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunnam, Henry Golding, Michelle Dockery, Jeremy Strong, Eddie Morrison, Colin Farrell, and Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. Everybody likes him, man. Doesn't get any better than that lineup. That sounds incredible. Uh, he uh, McConaughey plays a kingpin named Mickey Pearson who runs a London-based weed empire. Bro, it's a stretch. It's going to be a stretch. Um, he tries to cash in, get out of the game. He puts in a motion of a series of schemes, of course, blackmail that's uh, going to get him in trouble. Guy Ritchie really returns to his gangster roots on this one. And uh, I got to tell you, it looks pretty good. Uh, so go see The Gentleman in theaters everywhere January 24th. That is next Friday. Go check it out. If you're a Guy Ritchie fan like I am, I think you're going to like it, man. I think he made some wonderful films. Um, he is a smart, cool, keen director who uses uh, a lot of unique shots to really tell his story. And if you haven't seen Snatch, I highly suggest you go watch that. Sherlock Holmes as well. But I lean more towards the Snatch category of uh, British comedy action movies. Uh, but this movie uh, sounds fantastic and it looks fantastic. Starring your boy, Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. So go see it January 24th in theaters everywhere. It's called The Gentleman, ladies and gentlemen. Go watch The Gentleman. In here, we pour whiskey, 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 whiskey. Oh, that creature in the ginger beard. Sturdy and ginger. Like vampires, the ginger gene is a curse. Gingers are beautiful. You owe me $5 for the whiskey and $75 for the horse. Gingers, oh, hell no. This whiskey is excellent. Ginger. I like gingers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Whiskey Ginger. My guest today is one of my favorite people on earth. I say that for all my guests, but I mean it once again today. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Dr. Drew. How do you know it's welcome back? 
Uh, why is it welcome back? I mean, we want new, we want new people new, too. Yeah, new people are coming all the time, but it's welcome back because it's like you've been here before. You know how Cheers was like where everybody knows your oh, name. Oh, I see. I Don't see, you want to feel see. that way yeah, everywhere I you do. go? I like that. I like. Yeah, it. It makes right? me feel good. Do you have a pla- Do you have places that you go to where they know who you are beyond knowing who you are in a social realm? Do they know personally who you are? Kind of. Nah, not, not really. really yeah. You two, you have, it when you, starts when you have, when you're too recognizable. Way. It's hard, huh? It starts the other way. That yeah. sucks. I like when I meet people who don't care about the business and then they like you uh, because they see you a lot. And yeah. then if they find out that you're in the business, that's kind of fun. And then they're yes. like, oh, I didn't even know you did that shit. And then you're like, yeah. And they're like, I don't care What's about that What's weird stuff. about that is, and, yeah. and I'm I'm just, I take people at their face value, but when I'm with other people, they go, Man, they knew who you were all the time. They, they knew, they knew. I'm like, uh, I, why would they say that? Why would mm, they do that then? Yeah, because people, well, like, you know, how many times you get somebody that comes up to you and goes, uh, because I'm a huge fan. You're like, oh, thanks. And then they don't know what to say afterwards. Then they just go, uh, <laughs> I feel bad for people uh, do that. Yeah, and then you don't, well, because well, I think people are, you know, people want to say hi to you. They're interested in you. But after that, it's it's kind of hard. I like my little nook places I like to go to, restaurants and coffee shops, because yeah. I can tell they have nothing to do with Hollywood and yeah, all that yeah. stuff, and they don't care. Well, so I, it's really I nice. love people. I yeah? really, really, really dig you people. You do, huh? Yeah, like crazy. Like I'm fascinated with them and I just love to be around them and stuff. And so the fact that there's a lower barrier to contact, I love that. That's good for me. You I like think. it. Yeah, because I'm, a- I'm a shy person by nature. I'm really very withdrawn. I wouldn't go out and reach out. To, it's very uncomfortable for me to do that. Really? Yeah, yeah. You Like when you say shy, when you say shy, you mean like um, in, a, in a party setting. Let's say you go yeah. to a party and you don't know anybody. I'd go in the corner. You don't talk to anybody. I, I would if people started talking to me, but it's hard for me to initiate. Wow. It, it's just weird. It's just how I am. Why? Childhood? You think that's something from a... It feels a little constitutional, like mm. I was a kind of a shy kid. And, and uh, it, it feels like a a, a um, like a posture almost, you know what I mean, that I have to compensate for all the time. Huh. And I can compensate for it very, very, very well, but left to my own devices, I'll just shrink back. Huh. Yeah. I'm the, pol- I, I'm the polar a, opposite. There are a lot of people, though, in, in performing positions that do that because yeah it, a lot of people there's a lot of there's like there's a lot of comedy a lot of comedians or performers have this um anxiety in front of mm-hmm. uh normal people or whatever i seem to have neither it, it doesn't <laughs> get i don't get anxiety i'm gonna get anxiety because of excitement but i don't get nervous in front of strangers just like i don't get nervous in front of people that i know it's my level of um don't you have a bunch of brothers is that no i don't have i have well i have one i have one sister okay. no brothers okay. yeah okay. one sister no but i mean i just don't we have a massive family mom's one that's of ten. what i that mean that's what yeah. i heard yeah, that yeah. there was a big because it feels like you it's like you're 30 used to being, cousins yeah, yeah you you're have, used to being around yeah. a big get group. over it is what they would say yeah get over it oh you don't like this get over it yeah that's i come from a get over it generation um <laughs> I did your show. I had a wonderful time on the show. You're great. You're over at the YMH Studios. You guys need to to watch and listen to all of uh, of Drew's stuff. I want you here on my show because uh, I have questions that I'm curious about. What's going on in the world as far as sexuality? Okay. Like I really want to know. All right, let's because see I'm I genuinely. I may not be able to answer. So let's yeah, see. but I think you can. I like, can I, speculate. Yeah, I think you know better than most people. So like my biggest thing is uh, okay, the debate over whether or not um, you can be. Uh, asexual uh, um, asexual means not attracted to either right it means yes it also usually means no sex interest right no sexual interest now this is a real thing or no well i'm concerned about that group it is a real thing yeah but people are this frustrates me because people are so prone to run to an identity whether it is gender or sexuality or other that they don't contemplate that there could be things contributing to this. For instance, 
in my clinical experience, when I've had people that that reported asexuality, I found serious endocrinological problems. Huh. And it, and so asexuality, particularly in a male, that's a needs a medical workup. For now, it may just be an, uh, an orientation; it can be. Right. But first, a thorough endocrine workup. It's so prolactin secreting tumors and pituitary are so common, and they shut down sexuality. Wow. And it's in the easy. It's it's common, and so for people to go, yeah, I'm interested in sex. I therefore am. No, no, that's a that's a symptom, and it may be because you are, or it may be because of something that's medical. Holy shit! That's and this crazy. drives me insane. Yeah, that people are diagnosing themselves, you know, without any evaluation. Well, don't you think that's the, that's the whole? That's I'm, this is why I'm so interested in it. I was watching a show the other day. Don't you think everybody self diagnoses like, or, or I think everyone is placing themselves all the time now? Yeah. And look, I may be old school. I'm a straight white male who likes vagina, so it's like oh, I can't be around you. I got to yeah, get out. No, of so I'm get leaving. get out, get out. My blinders are on heavy because I don't understand. <laughs> you right? got your privilege going, man. Well, I do. I just actually wonder. I just got my privilege card over there really? at the desk. I'll show you. Yeah, it's gold plated now. No, but I, I think the I think the crazy thing for me is like how how like I don't. I've never had to encounter that stuff. Now I'm always aware of other people's feelings and differences and voices that need to be heard, right? So I'm not shutting people down. I'm just saying... No, you're not marginalizing people. No, but it is weird to me sometimes when I, when I think people s- seamlessly go in and out of, I'm this, no, I'm this, no, I'm this. Right. But it's. I think it's just because of a social comfortability level. I don't it, I don't know if they well, really know. Well, some some of these things are the result of success, everybody. We've, we've developed a familiarity with psychiatric concepts and people right. have an understanding of what some of these phenomena are. But you would not diagnose that anymore. You would diagnose pneumonia in yourself, right? Right, yeah. Right. So that's a problem, the way they're relating to it. What is this that? is the feds are coming in. Really? I can't yeah. wait to see when them. the military choppers go over. Oh, that's, that's, that's right. how this is how we know that because this thing shakes. Fantastic. Well, scary is the real world word. You know, what I, mean? I love it. They're gonna they're gonna bomb us any second. Okay. Well, we'll keep going. Anyway. Keep going. Yeah. Um. So, uh, moving in and out of these diagnostics categories, but then they also are di- moving in and out of these just identity categories because you get great social cred for that. Uh, There's a lot of social equity. Right. A lot of it. So, how much and of so, it is real? It's all real, but it's but it's highly reinforced. Well, it's, I mean, some of it may be mistaken, right? You may just be mistaken. You're not. You think you're in a certain diagnostic category. That's not for you to decide. An objective observer needs to do that. Uh, and how you feel an identity that's real. How you identify sure. is real. But what if it's you, a social construct? Well, it all is a social construct. That's what I'm right? saying. So how do you know yeah. what you? So, so it's all a social construct. What if it just is in, what makes in, you feel good because there are people around you reinforcing okay. it? Okay, then it's fine. I have no objection to that. No, no, no. Whatever I think it it's fine. Yeah. I'm just saying uh, how much of it is... The question is, would it be as pervasive were it not as socially reinforced? Uh-huh. That's your question. That's what I mean. And I, it's almost impossible to answer that. Yeah, who would know? Yeah. yeah. God, that's so strange. Can you do, you think, do you think all men have gay experiences when they're young? No. You think not all men? I didn't. Yeah. I remember having affectionate feelings towards males around age eight, nine, something like that, like confusingly affectionate feelings. But it was not sexual, and it was right. not romantic. What was it? It was affectionate. Just saying, and, like, and, a, yeah, like, a, um, I am, like I am, I feel a lot warm, of love from a man. Yeah, lovey, yeah. warmy, kind of some confusing feeling. Uh, but, but from a peer, not from. I'm not talking about like from a family member, like someone your yeah. own age. Your own, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and the developmental psychologist will tell you that's very, you know, it sort of happens. It's something, and some people mm. stay with that, and some people move on through that. I had one gay moment. I remember being in high school. I went to a basketball game. I had quit the team because I had found drugs. 
Like I'd love, I fell in love with drugs and partying in high school, so I quit basketball. And then I went to a game senior year with some friends, and I got really high. I got really stoned, and I figured that was a. When I got there, I was like, "This is a bad idea." I'm like seeing all my old teammates, all this yeah. stuff. And there was like a player on the other team, and I was really, really high. And there was a player on the other team, just a super good looking, like a superb athlete, this young black dude, uh, uh, you know, like really tight, tightly shaved head, uh, but like just super buff dude. And I remember for a moment I was like, oh, that guy's really hot. And then I was I was high, so I was like, Am I, I'm not gay. <laughs> I'd like tell myself I'm not gay because I'm high. <laughs> it's like my one moment where I'm like, you're not gay, don't do that. But I kept looking. I was like, this guy's just so like. Well, I, but but I think sometimes I think when people talk about all mm. men having a male a, a gay experience, they're talking about things like that. Yeah, yeah. Where, yeah. where these sort of there are fleeting attractions and fleeting appreciations and stuff like that, which is. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it happens. But yeah. I, what I mean is, I think I've heard it before from kids from youth. Like, I never had anything when I was a kid, kid, on my, like, development, when I was going through puberty. Mm. But I hear that a lot, that people do have weird, not weird, I'm sorry, people have, experiences. you know, experiences when they're going through puberty or right before. They have these things where they, like, you know, like, play games with boys and yeah. they touch each other and do yep. all this stuff. And I yep. never had that. that. And circle whatevers and, you know, yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. circle jerk stuff. Yeah, but that, yeah. I think that is not as common as people imagine, but it's not rare. Okay. Mm-hmm. If it's not rare, but it's not as common, it means right. it happens enough. It, it happens enough that it's a little surprising, I suppose. Right. Uh, but we, it all goes down under experimentation. <laughs> right. And, and in, in a weird way, some of that stuff goes more towards hyper-masculine males, because those tend to be those kids. So the more bro-bro you are, they tend to be the more... They, they, it's just touchable. been my experience. It's ah. been my experience that, that those... It's all, and I don't, maybe that's a compensation they get with later or something. I don't sure. know. Sure. I don't know. That's you heard. You heard it here first, kids. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Drew said it that uh, if you're getting picked on in school, the buff bro that picks on you probably probably sucks dick after school, and uh, that's why he's f- feeling insecure, and that's why he picks on you. So that's what Drew said. I didn't say that. That's what Drew said. You heard it. A little more complicated than that, but right. But that's right on the nose. Santino speaks. <laughs> no, but I think that's. I'm always, I'm fascinated with that world of like what was. Um, you know, like this, uh, because here's the thing. Now as an adult, again, I come from this narrow point of view of like all I know and I never had these, I never experimented, I never had like mm. a, the only thing I had with another guy, I did a threesome one time in college with a friend, the devil's threesome, you know, me and a buddy yep. and a girl. Yep. And it was the worst thing I've ever done in my entire Why? life. Oh, I hated it. Because it was, because it was, I love, this was a buddy of mine, I loved him, but yeah. like, I didn't want to like hear him have sex. Yeah, it was yeah. weird. Yes, I would it Vocalized, that. like he said, I think he said, he was like, I think he said like, "Oh, take it" or something like that, and I was like, "Ah, shit! Like, I got to get out of here. I couldn't." Yeah, it just like it, it like threw me off so much. Yeah, yeah. Listening to another guy talk dirty, like especially because it's your friend. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was so weird. I could see that. But that was the only time I ever like uh, even had another sexual experience with the guy. But like nowadays, I feel like, and I'm what am I like? A I sound like you know my dad, but like kids now, kids nowadays, kids nowadays, they just throw their finger in and suck and fuck. Uh, like a family friend of ours was like a blowjob is like a handshake in high school now it's like sexual sexuality has just gone way yeah, it, way faster than it, we ever did it, how long ago did you hear that it's like a year ago she just I, she was I just think talking there's been it. a bit of a pullback from some of that really i think the me too thing really oh well okay i think it really put a and it's created a kind of a weird separation mm. which is and i've been i've been expecting this for a long time because women have been signing up to be a 17 year old male that's what they thought they needed to be. Right. And that's not consistent with their motivational priorities. And now they're going, what? Oh, what is it? Oh, I can feel, oh, wait a minute. Right. And they're sort of pulling back. What's weird is, um, oh, man, this is where I'm going to, this Give it is to highly me, speculative. Yeah. What I think I'm seeing 
let's put it that way, is the average male is completely shut down and scared right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sons just finished college and stuff, and they were sort of reporting. Holy shit! College must on. be the worst place in the world. It, 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 they just don't want to be seen as anything. They're, they're, right. They don't know what the move is. They're scared. They they don't want to. They don't want to misstep. They don't want to be seen as. They don't want to end up on a blog. They they, they yeah. just want none of it. They yeah. they want to be a nice person, and that's what they are. And they don't want to be accused of something else. Right. So therefore, please tell me what the rules are. I'm not really sure what they are, <laughs> right. and so they're largely shutting down. So you have a lot. And, and by the way, hiding out in porn. They're like, I got porn tomorrow. I'm so on. that's what I was going to ask you yeah. about. Is the porn the, the increase of like um, uh, the porn is given a place to hide out? Yeah, but it's, it's but also it's probably gone through the roof, right? It's also caused a problem in that because they're hiding out there, they're not engaging in the usual developmental milestones mm. of trying to hook up and dating and all these things. They're just like, I'm out, and they hide out in porn. And then this here's an interesting thing that starts to happen around 23 to 25. We heard a lot of this on Love Line of the Day. Uh, they'd fall in love with some girl. They date through like, show just socially, go. and they're in. And they'd ask her out, and she didn't reciprocate. So they tell the story this way: like, I found the one, I got the one. She's <laughs> the one for me, but she she wasn't ready to date yet. She just wasn't ready. So I've been her friend, been waxing her car every week for the last three years. I do her carpets on Sunday, uh, and she's had a bunch of bad guys in the meantime. But I've been there to help her out, to help what? her through it. This is all the time, and and then he'll go. You know, I put in two years now. And now it's time. <laughs> Attack mode. Now it's time. Like you've been in the gym training. And, You're like, I'm ready for the fight. I've heard this a ton. And most women have got this guy that, that they, they could identify as this guy. What? And, and, I, and that is full-on stalking behavior. Yeah, that's, that's creepy. That's that fucked is, up. That is that's stalking. so creepy. They don't know they're stalking. They right. think they're playing by the rules. That's the nice it, guy the, thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really sad. And it's because they don't have the developmental missteps and you know trial and error of, right. of trying to fumble through uh, relationships they don't know well and so it's really getting to be bad on the other hand there is a bunch of sex happening but it's in a very narrow only a few guys and a few girls and they're having sex ex- extremely yeah. consensually yeah. probably because they're already boyfriend and girlfriend or, or whatever it is there's a smaller group that's engaging in it huh. but those are the ones getting all of it the side dude the the, the friend zone guy is very yeah, creepy very sad. that's really creepy mm-hmm. well do you be- look at look, Harry Met Sally said it the best if you don't know that movie and you're too young to know what that is you should I, you should watch that movie it's one of the best movies I think I've, I've ever watched but he always joked he was like men and women can't be friends and it's like the never ending debate well, do they, you think they, we can <laughs> yes you can be but not it's hard in your prime reproductive and courtship years. Sure. Because usually, and I'm saying they can't be friends. I'm not saying they can't be friends. What I'm saying is, listen to me carefully and don't misquote <laughs> me, is that usually the connection occurs because somebody's attracted and yeah. interested. Sure. And then when it goes to friend zone, other person not so interested. Mm-hmm. So attracted person kind of settles for friend. And and sometimes that can be a good friend. Sometimes that can be a genuine friendship. But often, that's the male. <laughs> you right. often oh not and he, always. And he's waiting like a lion in the brush. He's just, just waiting, waiting for the switch. Just to waiting happen. to put his paw down. Do you have female and, friends? I do have lots of female friends. I like having female. But friends. do you have female friends that you didn't meet through your wife or through your family? Work. A lot of female friends through work. Okay. Could you organically meet someone in the public sphere with outside of work or family? I, I think I could. Fr- I really could. You be. do? Yeah. I, I'm just super happy in my relationship, and I, and, I, and I like women. I like men. I like women. Sure. And, and so I, I I think I could. Don't you seem... And I'm not sure you, I could have... At, I definitely could have... It could not have at 17. I'm not sure I could have at <laughs> right. 25. Right. Um, but, you know... 
But how do you explain that to you? This is the thing I'm interested in. How do you explain that to your significant other? How do you come home and go, I was at Gelson's. There was this woman in the same aisle. We were looking for the same thing. We had this weird connection, this thing. And, you know, she knew who I was. And she said, I'm very interested. My husband and I are fans. You know, so now, you know, she establishes I'm not single. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And then she, because they, yeah, that has to be the thing. The first thing that's go up, right? right. And she says, oh, you know, and I, I just, I'm such a big fan of you. And I, you know, I would love to get coffee with you sometime and just chat. And then what do you say to your wife? You say, I met this woman at the thing. What's your wife's first response? I, I, but I always... What does she look like? Oh, yeah. And that's it. it. Uh, yes, of course. Okay, and, and, but then and, it's like... <laughs> but I always try to put myself in my partner's shoes. How would I feel if she came home with this? I'd be like, eh, suspect. I don't know. I don't dig it. Okay. And so I don't even want to put her through it. I wouldn't even do it. So you'd I, say, no, we can't have coffee. I, I would say we can go as a couple sometime, but already I'm kind of weirded out about people pushing that kind of thing. So this is my... this Okay, yeah. so this is validating what I'm yeah. saying. It's almost impossible to meet, make, meet a friend in the real world of the opposite sex. It's It's challenging. It's almost impossible. It's How could well, you're you? laying it at the feet of your female partners, though. You're making it impossible because of them. Well, well, if I was single, if I was single and they were single, it'd be it'd be tough. It'd be even harder than because it'd be harder. You you could, let's put it this way: What if somebody was you were really interested in and she yeah. really was not? Could you settle for friend and, if, a, and actually be a friend? If I'm single, you're single. She's single. You're really into it. She is really not. Could you? Would you? And it's somebody you really enjoyed. And instead of no, see, I could. I couldn't do I, it. I could do that. If I'm single, I could not at 25. I could now. If I, if I'm how, single, how old are you now? I'm 36. Okay, yeah, it's, you're young still. It's like, yeah, but yeah. if I'm but if I'm single and they're, if I was single, and they are uh, also single, and I immediately am like the whole reason that I'm engaging with them is yeah, because yeah. I'm attracted. Yeah, yeah. There's no way for me to go backwards and go. We could just be buds. Unless, what, if, what if it's just a crazy and interesting person? And nah. You're, okay. Women aren't that interesting. We'll be right back. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. God, Jesus. Take a joke. No, but I think if enough time has passed, then yes, maybe. That becomes right? just a person. Yeah, right. if I'm attracted to you, you're not yeah. attracted to me, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And then two, three years later, I'm with someone, she's someone, I'm with or whatever. Okay. Yeah, then. All right, okay. But that's because tribulation. It's because things have happened. It's no, like it's because it, people become people at a certain point. I think it's just because you can you can get rid of the I think the attraction can go away once you found out that they're not into you then they look different. How about this? Do you does your brain physically have a switch in chemicals when you are interested in somebody? Yeah. And uh they're interested in you, right? And mm. then you have this connection. Do, is this true or not that over time you slowly start to lose what you liked about them from the beginning? Now you may like other stuff. Yeah, yeah. So Little inconclusive. I can't say there's one thing that happens to every given couple. Sure. Uh, some will retain that initial whatever. Like I'm, I for instance, I I'm, feel the way I feel about my wife is when I first laid eyes on her. It's weird. I just have you the do? same feeling. Mo- I don't think I don't know if that's healthy or not. You're like a Disney movie. Yeah. But but most people shift into a different part of the brain called the the um, anterior cingulate. That the anterior cingulate is more the part of the brain that starts to now the in the initial thing it's all reward apparatus opioid system drive systems right. you know all all that same kind of addictive chemistry really but it feels good you get high from it right but later that settles and you get into something that's considered a little more nourishing a little more sort of uh, holistic fulfilling uh-huh. connected. That kind of thing. So you begin to like other things about the person. It's it's a more I, I don't know how else to describe it except holistic. Holistic, yeah. yeah. It's a lot of nature. If it's like a it's like it's a, a homey it, feel. It, yes, part yeah. of it is nurturing feelings. Yes. Well, well, then why do you think 
um, God, we had like all this conversation last night. Me and the old bag. The fans know I called her my old bag. She's no. We had this conversation last night because there was a, a celebrity on the Golden Globes that she was talking to me, and I was cleaning up the office, and she she had asked me. She was like, "Look up uh, how long she's been with this person or whatever." So I went on the Wikipedia, and the same year she got divorced from a guy she was with for thirteen years. Boom, she fell in love and married another guy that she's now only been with for you know whatever a couple of months at a time. Suspect, been. right? It's just like, well, how long has that been going on? And what did you? My my whole thing is that, like that's that's somebody who needs therapy. I look at that and I go, right. somebody who can't be alone, can't be single, can't it, the know, immediacy and, of like and, I need to get and, into something and the intensity of all that. See, see, people confuse intensity and love. That that's people the, confuse intensity and love. Right. Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah. So intensity, while intensity is fun and can be part of a relationship, if intensity is everything you got, that's a problem. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, then it's just intense. And Do you think gonna, intensity can grow into something real? It could, yeah. It can. It just, you have to, it's not the average bear that can do that. So, well, because I, I think I've told you this on your show, that I never had a belief, I have a jaded belief in like what falling in love is. I, I don't believe in it in my personal world. Well, let me just tell you the people that study it, I think yeah. I told you this, uh, usually, at least in a male, it is lust, lust at first sight that works out. That works out. Yeah. That's really good. Lust at first sight that works so out. So men almost is, always can't fall in love. They confuse lust and love. See? Yeah. They do men it. fall in love? Yeah. They do? Yeah. Will I ever find... <laughs> I no, I just don't know what... I just don't... I just think like... I, I guess I've been so inundated with what I, what the fake versions of love are yeah. that I never really and, bought and, into and, them. And exact, defining exactly what it is is a very challenging well, phenomenon. It's not... Right? It's a... It's a. It's made up for everybody. You know, like the same person that's like, I'm wildly in love. They're divorced a year later. It's like, oh yeah? Were you wildly in love? Like, what are the parameters of love anyway? So I just think that's why I've never... When somebody says in love, were you in love? Yeah. I always say no. I don't know what that is. I love the old bag, but I don't know what in love is. I don't... I don't Have you been in lust? Yeah, I've been in lust. Did that feel like something... That, we were in lust when we first met. Right. And did yeah. it feel like it grows into something a little more in certain... It totally changed. Okay, okay. Well, yeah. So that's yeah. that's what love it's is. It's not that it doesn't exist anymore. It's just something completely different. When you, Especially when you like make a home with someone you and have you a live house, with someone for life, years. And, absolutely. Yeah. A yeah, family. Yeah, yeah. You're, years you're, and years and you're, years. You're, you're a team. You know, right. So that dynamically changes. But yeah, when I was young, I had... When I was young, I wasn't even anywhere close to love. It was always just pure, or or what would be love. It was always lust. It wasn't like I never wanted to. Okay, so so you, so the the part that was missing, right? That people yeah. say for love, you have to have attachment. Yeah, you have to allow the attachment to occur, and that's a kind of a complicated process. Right, and then you have to have commitment. Right, you actually have to agree to stay and right. and see it through, even when there's conflict. And you have to have a certain amount of mutuality where you're respecting and mutually you know, just attunement to each other and uh. willing to, you know, take each other's feelings into account. And and that helps this whole thing grow with lust. Lust, I think I think lust is actually underestimated. I think it's very important. But but oh, oh so but people pretend like it's no. I think it's very important. It's like the bad thing. Like no, oh, no it's not it's a bad a, thing. It's a very important thing. And it, you it's, have to it's, have it's it. a glue. It's a kind of a glue that keeps people going. How, what if the glue get, loses its stick? <laughs> it does. It naturally does, right? Yeah, right. And so it can't be the only thing. Do you have to get new glue? What do you do, Drew? How do you re- no, re-get you, the Well, you allow stronger? these other things to, to grow and blossom. And, and the chemicals of those make the glue stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think, I just, I'm just, I'm fascinated with it because I'm fascinated with like the amount of time that people are, like we reward people publicly and how long they stay together. Yeah. 
But the irony of that to me is like, I know a lot of people that stayed together for a long time that never should have stayed together for a long time. Mm. And and not not like I'm saying it's not valid. It's just like, I, th- I think we have these fake notions that we publicly push out and we also reinforce societally of like, Every television show, every stand-up set, every something when they're like, oh, what's a, how long you been together? And like, 32, they're like, 32 years! And it's like this weird... But like, what if he beats the shit out of her and she hates it? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I just, I hate the idea that like, a length of time proves your relationship worth. That yeah. bothers the shit out of me because yeah. I think... I, and by the way, for me... Who knows? I, I believe that the reality of relationships is very similar to the reality of like, recovery from drug addiction. Ah. It's one day at a time. It's really not the cumulative thing. It's what's happening today. What's happening right now. Yeah. That yeah. there are effects of the cumulative and the cumulative have value, but what's important is what's what's going on right now. Oh, one wow. day at a time. One yeah. day at a time. And if you feel today the way you did ten years ago, good. Yeah. We're there. But if you're struggling or you're conflicted and even though you put those years together, it's like, uh, you just you, this this thing is something's wrong. Yeah. But how long do you what do you do to fix those things? What's it depends, what, like, depends on that's where couples therapy comes in. Right. That's a very complicated question. Right. That's deeper. That's a deep yeah. cut. I, well, it's, a, it's a specific question. It's like what is going on with that couple? Right. And uh, the, the the one thing you will never hear anybody say who's who's tries to help people establish health in their relationship is, hey, open it up. Bring somebody else in. That that'll that'll help you. <laughs> yeah. So these people that advocate, you know, polyamory and all this stuff is like no, there are armies of people trying to help, help, and that's not ever their advice. Ninety percent of people with extra whatever, you know, outside the primary relationship, ninety percent eventually fail. Ninety percent. Now, I'm not saying polyamory per se. I'm saying a couple who would start allowing allowing other things yeah. and all that shit. Yeah. But polyamory, what's the stats on that? Do they stick together? I, I don't know the data. I, I wonder. Know. Have you seen those TV shows about it? It does not look super happy They're for the women. They're funny, though. They're very funny to watch other people <laughs> see, do I that shit. I get sad when I see it's that It's so stuff. funny. Dude, they know what they're getting into from the beginning. You know what I mean? They do, but they don't. They're in denial about what this is going to really be like. They don't know. Sure. How would you know? You so know? what you're really saying is, because by the tone of that, that sounds like they're all... Spo- going, you think they're all going to fail. That none of those I don't know really the da- work. I, I don't know the... Da- I, I no my no. What I'm saying is, let me be super clear. The extent of my data is watching reality shows <laughs> and, and listen, watching Big Love on TV. Yeah. That's the extent of my experience. Doctor, so huh? I have no business talking about. Yeah. It. Looking at those, those people look very. Those women look very unhappy. And so the women look the most unhappy. Yeah. The dudes are like, this is chill. Yeah. It's the same way I feel about the uh, what is it? LDS? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. When they have like you know six yeah. wives or whatever, it's like. Those women look like they're robotic. Well, did you remember the the Bill Paxton Big Love series? Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. So well it was done. really good. Yeah, so it was well really done. good. To me, it seemed like that was a honest exploration of what it would be like. Well, it was because I think it was taken after what's his name. It was it was based on that guy. What was that dude's name? How come I can't think of the who dude who had the the ranch? You the know horrible what I mean? guy. What was his name? That horrible dude. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was horrible. Yeah. What's, what's his? I can't remember the dude's name. I can't name. remember his name. And either. I see his face because where just, they all looked all dressed like. Uh, Amish slaves, yeah, <laughs> slaves. I mean, they like, robots. They were terrible. Te- I mean, but I, but when you when I see Jeffs, that, I always go Jeffs. Was Jeffs the, uh, yeah. uh, 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 damn, Something you're right Jeffs, there. Yeah. Uh, damn. Yeah, so. Someone right now on the comments is like, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. But that's but that kind of stuff is. I just think like it can't be real. Like I've had a discussion. Hey, it. I don't never say always or never. Sure. Yeah. Justin Bieber. Never say never. I understand. That is your that is your guru. Bieber is your guru. That's who you get a lot of your stuff from. You know that. You've said that always. I understand (laughs) that. No, we do but we're I'm just I'm I guess I'm fascinated in like the uh I'm fascinated with the world of like the idea that like you know, none of us fit into any category, but yet we all seem to fit into well, a we're, category. Well, we're like, as Adam used to, you know, when Adam and I used to do Loveland over the years, he'd just go, you go, we can we can see patterns. We yeah. can predict certain things. 
He goes, if you understand how polar bears behave, you don't say it's impossible. You observe the behavior of 20 polar bears. You go, oh, we're seeing some patterns here. This is what polar bears do. This is what they Human, tend to do. Humans are the exact same. Not that there are individual variations and there's nuances, but the general, there's patterns to human behavior. We're mammals. And so there's some predictability to some of the things. One of the really interesting areas that you, you would, I think, like talking about is attraction and, yeah. where, that, and where that comes from. Because that's a very mysterious. Yeah, I don't process, understand. Right? Do you like? Do you ever have a thing where if somebody says somebody goes, if, if a, a lot of people tend to find some one person attractive, I feel weird when I'm like, I don't. I think that person is very unattractive, right? Like, there's a girl. Like, there'll be a girl that a few of my friends would be like, oh god, she's so hot. Yeah. And then I'd be like, oh, god, she's so unattractive to me, and I can't. And then I start to. Then I do this thing where I go, am I weird that I think none of these qualities that they oh, like? I, are, I, you got Can you show one to me? Yeah, because <laughs> because then I could tell you what maybe is going on. Yeah, yeah, I'll show it. Let me show okay, you. This be good. <laughs> this, this is awesome. <laughs> like a buddy of mine sent, like a, a friend of mine had sent me an Instagram profile and was like, and this is someone I I've met before. This is someone I know. Obviously, we're not going to share it with the audience. Yeah, but like you um, know the woman in the Instagram profile. I know I know her personally. I met her okay. a few times, and a few of my friends. Then and we've hung and, out. And, and you are so so when when everyone looks at her picture. And says, "Mom, my God, she's so attractive." You know the person; they don't. No, 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 no. I'm saying, I'm saying she's she, okay. So this is someone that my friend knew from years ago, and okay. ma- and I think they dated a little bit. Okay. And then I've known her in and out over the years. I run into her somewhere. You know what I mean? Like Hollywood bullshit. And you found her or, not particularly attractive. Never, but right. like the group of guys that I met her with, okay. they were all like, "What do you mean okay. you're, du- you're you're nuts?" <laughs> okay, this is that you can just scroll through there. Just make sure the camera doesn't see it because I don't want all her. Yeah, that's her. That's her Instagram. So I'm just saying, like, it's it, it. She used to hang with a friend of mine, but I'm like, uh, what? It's not. She's not ugly, but like, they're they think she's so sexy, and I'm like, no, I don't. I don't. I like not even a little bit. It's not even honestly, right, genuinely, right. not even. Well, like, this is somebody that has very specific kinds of features, right? In here, we pour whiskey. Whiskey, whiskey ginger fans. Whiskey. If you're in the mood for something new, something unique, something delicious, screwball whiskey, baby. Everyone's the black sheep in the family. And if you're like me, you are at least. There's always one black sheep in the family. And if you're like me, you like screwball whiskey. This stuff is good. It's a good. It's got a peanut butter flavoring to it. I told you before, I put it in my coffee. Sometimes I put it in my ice cream. Sometimes I just drink it straight up. Put it on the rocks. Mix it with something. Whatever you got to do to get that screwball in your body. It's good stuff. Made here in Southern California. And OB, baby. Uh, came out at the back of a noodle house. How much cooler can you get? Something like that. But this stuff is delicious, man. It's a great product. It's... Uh, Nice and smooth. It's only 70 proof, which is nice. Uh, so it's going to get you liquored up, but it's not going to get you blind. You're not going to blind blind blackout on this stuff. You're going to drink it responsibly if you're over 21 years of age in the United States of America or everywhere else. Drinking laws are different, man. I don't know. Okay? But here you got to be 21, all right? But do yourself a favor. Go buy some Screwball Whiskey. It's available almost everywhere and anywhere. Drink it responsibly. 70 proof, my friends. It is a delicious, uh, a delicious juice that I highly recommend. Pick it up at your local store. And uh, go ahead. Hashtag get screwed. Huh? Push it around. Get screwed. Get screwed. Go to screwballwhiskey.com for way more info about this beautiful product. It's the most original and award-winning peanut butter whiskey now available everywhere. It's the most award-winning peanut butter whiskey on this here earth that we're circling around that might or might not be flat, depending on what you believe. Uh, but right now, you know, back to the episode. Ginger. I like gingers that you're either kind of in or you're not. Right, I'm so far out. Uh, but she out. is a little sexy, too. So you think she's sexy? I think the way she presents herself, yeah. Yeah, but I think that can be almost anybody. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, that's but easy she to... she pulls it off. She pulls right, it off. Right, and I right. think that's what they're reacting to. 
And then it's somebody with like real specific traits that I could see how somebody could be either in or out. With. Oh, it's so far out yeah, for me. Yeah. It's like the polar yeah. opposite. Yeah. But what's interesting is when you said that, when you go... So to so me, I look at that and I go, ooh, I wonder what kind of person that is. That's Because she's not just lust. Right. It's like, I wonder what's going on with her. Yeah, but I just, about. for me, that's like a... Um, and I don't even know her that well. So it couldn't be one of those things where I'm like, oh, it's like a sister or a friend. You know, or like someone I know too yeah. well. I don't know her that no, well. No, I get it. I get it. I, get it. I, I like... see what the issue is. I see. It. I feel it. <laughs> but you know what's interesting? What's interesting with um, women again? When you know, women can have, women have sort of multiple categories of attraction, right? Sure. They can have sort of they can find somebody very like um, like sexually kind of appealing, but not attractive. You know, what I mean, they they have, they they separate arousal and drive. Ooh. See, us appetite and arousal go together. Yeah, if yeah, we if we, if we find somebody arousing, there's a drive attached to that. They can be aroused and go. Well, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I think the guy's distractive. I don't. Why do you, Why do you accuse me of wanting to have sex with him? See, I, but okay, yeah. this is this is something I've actually we got into the other day that I yeah. was like, we saw a guy. There was a guy at Whole Foods, and he was so fucking hot. This Australian guy. I'm like, you look would, at this fucking you, guy. You again? He was so guys. hot. It was it was Maybe undeniable. You are gay, man. He was. I am let's, gay. Let's, let's I'm gay. <laughs> no, but it was he was so undeniably attractive. I was like, look at this fucking. You know, and everybody's looking at him. You know, and it's like, look, he knows. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, and he had, and it was also like he had like three little kids with him that probably weren't his kids. You know what I mean? Like one of these cool guys. It's like I'm a big brother. You know, he's Australian and all this bullshit. I was like, oh, this hot guy, but I was like, I was like, you seen this fucking hot guy in the corner? You know, walking around being all hot and shit. And she was like, yeah, no, yeah, he was attractive. And I was like, cut it, cut it out. That guy was hot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she was like, no, 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 no. I mean, yeah, he, sure, he was very attractive. But then in the car ride home, I was like. <laughs> you wouldn't fuck that guy and she was like i don't i don't think so and i was like no there's no way right so, we so looked at the same they, guy and you wouldn't go yeah i would fuck, I would fuck that guy they, they, i'd go yeah if i had a vagina i'd fuck that guy. they often have another often not always but often have another category which is like n- n- nice like the guy's got to be sort <laughs> he's of he's got to be he, a, he's got to have he, some kind of something that makes him appealing to me and right and nice is sort of and they, they've studied this at length and, and women often will d- talk about that sort of quality that I, I don't know how else to describe it except sort of nice, like sweet or not, or it's just appealing and nice, and it has like a be, warmth that they yeah, believe in. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, because you know we like um, the reason. The, this is so interesting to me because I've openly said that like most, if not all, men that I know could never date a girl or be with a woman who they don't physically find pretty attractive. Okay, I know a good amount of women that could or have or will or do date men that. They don't find super physically attractive, but they that doesn't trump everything. Which to me just goes under the category of women put up with so much shit. So much shit. It's unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. Well, but also at the same time, I feel like uh, women are, okay, but women also have just as bad intentions or just as bad tricks of their own that like as you gain as a man, uh, if you gain a little bit more of a success status, whether it's monetary or public or business-wise, uh, inherently more women are going to find you quote-unquote attractive that historically is true it'll be interesting to see if that remains true as women become more than you know autonomous in the workplace sure right but i do think i do but do you the, think the, that's also a, a thing that it's women, an interesting question it may either yeah. be part of the wiring or maybe something that's sort of socially reinforced in some weird way so we'll find out see i think time I'm, will tell if i'm guessing because i'm just and obviously i don't know shit but i just think it's it's a it's a wired thing that like women tend to or seem to find men who are very driven, attractive, even if they weren't successful before, but if they find some success in their drive, regardless of their look, their meter goes up on attractive. My my experience has been, I don't disagree with you, again, yeah. and we don't know if it's socially reinforced or whatever, but a big, a big, and you'll find a lot of women agree with this, 
uh, category is competency, huh. like extreme competency. They find appealing. They like men that can just do it. Yeah. That can get whatever it is done. Get it done, yeah. No matter, regardless of what the thing is. Well, but the thing might be they're just seeing them build furniture and that is, looks Very attractive. competent, yeah. yeah. Well, because, you know, th- th- that's this is a discussion of a lot of people believe in this, like, you know, this old nature form of our brain of, like, women inherently are attracted to men who are providers and creators and well, women that kind thing. of separate though they they have two systems yeah one is where they're attracted to that the other is they're attracted to the highly masculinized high testosterone animal right male the they, re- they have two things going on and they and they have and in some women those those competing systems operate differently at different time of the month right which is really well, interesting well, like, like well so they, they're like they're into the aggressiveness they're into the some some, some, some. some are totally turned off by that but, yeah, yeah. That, that's a that's a big no no. But yeah. don't you think they need some of that testosterone to be attracted to the man in the first place? They need some of that aggro. Some, some women. Hmm. You don't think all women no. need that? No? no. You think some women could have a I, man who is men are much more uniform, women are much more diverse in their biologies. And 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 all their You're saying men. the complexities are so random, but ours we're, is so much more predictable. Yeah, we're more narrow and women are much more complex, much more diverse. Yeah, and you're right. They do put up with a, an insane amount of shit. I think about that every time. Insane. Insane like, amount yeah, of shit. I, I don't know absurd. how they do it. Well, um, I think because they don't... Well, not that they don't have another choice, but like, what what, what do you do? What do you do? What else? What's the other? Well, I wonder. Jesus, we're getting into weird territory here, but yeah, but, but the reproductive drive is so powerful, right? That, that I feel like that they're sort of subjugating their own personal needs to, to you know, yeah, like, keep that going. Like sex, probably for a lot of the time for women, isn't half as fun as it is for men. I, For a I, lot of women, I, at certain age groups, that's probably true. Yeah, it's probably just a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I, seriously, I, I can't tell you how many young women tell me, "Yeah, I never enjoyed it." I'm like, "Well, why'd you do it? Do you think those guys? Do you think they really, really wanted to and really, really enjoyed it? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. And if you didn't enjoy it, you should not be doing it. Don't but, do that. But it's but it's reinforcements of your social circle. Well, that's and that seventeen like, year old male goal. We all ha- they, somebody decided the seventeen year old male was what the human needed to be. Yeah. Uh, could you imagine a worse form of the human being <laughs> yeah, than a seventeen-year-old yeah, male? <laughs> yeah. And so I, let's take a twenty-four-year-old female. Let's all try to be like that. That right. I think that's a better way to be. Yeah, it's a better goal. And, and so you know, I, I it's, and I think women are. I I, I remember I was uh, my wife and I were watching a documentary on the Playboy Mansion or something, and we were watching this sort of scene, and there was all these women in bikinis and stuff. And I go, "There's what is 1978?" And I said, sure. why, "Why did you guys do that?" Why, why you didn't need to? You didn't need to. Why? why she goes. It's the only move we had. It's all we were granted. Right. It was, it was the only only, yeah. only source of anything we could get. So They're pawn. We, they could only go this we way or took that it. way. We yeah. took it. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, that's power. That's amazing. That's, that's true. amazing. And that's sad that we. Well, did that was it. probably where the that was par- probably in the seventies also where the like the sexual revolution began and like the there was a lot of women started to discover their own. Yeah, and and again, that's when we decided that what they ought to be is a seventeen-year-old male. Uh-huh. <laughs> Who's we? I didn't do that. Shit. Uh, just think about the, what we asked of yeah. women and the whole hookup culture in college campuses and stuff. Uh, fuck and me and don't talk to me ever again and leave me alone. I, and... I used to go to colleges and I, I did this for years. And I'd room 800 kids and I'd go, all right, let's talk about hooking up. I go, I go, hooking up is so great. It's the, it's the organizing experience of your social life. Why do you have to be fucked up to do it? Why are you loaded? And I go, let's talk to the men first. Why are you, why are you drunk? Why are you loaded every time? And this data shows they're always loaded with a random hookup. And they they immediately like, well, I really, 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 really want to do this. And it, it's I could get rejected and I could hurt somebody and I could and it's really tough and it's hard and it's noisy and loud and but I really want to do it. So I gotta make sure I don't have any, you know, right. my anxiety, my social anxiety. Right. I gotta deal with it by drinking. Okay. 
Uh, and then uh, I go, okay, ladies, you heard all the males saying that. What's your what's your thing while you're drinking? Silence. They just they just go silent. Like that's a shock to them to hear that. Huh. And and they go and and then what ha- Then you'll hear. In every room at every college, it always went the same way. Someone will go, well, I do it for beer goggles. I want to be like the guy. I go, okay, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. Fine, fine, good. That's that's you. But what, what's happening with the rest of you? Why are you all so quiet? And without exception, some woman in the first third, you know, audiences weirdly distribute themselves Totally, in the room. dude, every time. It, it's, it's like, there's, there are specific people sit yeah, exactly yeah. where they're always going to yeah, sit. it's so weird, No matter right? the part of the country, yeah. it doesn't matter. That's exactly right. So in that, that first third... Towards the the middle, like two thirds of that first third, someone mm-hmm. you know, there's that that oh, dude, grouping. I know. Yeah, so that the woman will raise her hand coyly, and she's not upset. She just goes, she goes, she's very serious. You know, get, get her the mic, and she goes, you know, I do it to make sure I don't have any feelings when I have sex. Oh my god! And I go, wow, oh my god, isn't that powerful? It's wow. incredible. Yeah, that I, is. That's not what I heard from the guy. No. And I go, how sad. There's something that's genuinely and spontaneous about you as a woman. You have to medicate it away with alcohol. Wow. wow. I wonder if we could do something else. And I sort of explore what else they could, we could do right. that would make it better for them. And I think the Me Too thing is an awakening to all that. Sure. I really do. It's like, hey, why have we been doing this? If we have to medicate it away, we feel well, so bad about it. Well, that's been such a common... And, now, and by the way, when I bring this up now, people go, oh, no, no, women want as much... I'm just reporting what happened every goddamn time I brought this up. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so it's, I'm just reporting the data, everybody. Right. You can you can interpret the data as you wish, but this is the data in every auditorium in every campus for five years straight with 800 kids as my sample. Jesus, I, I would do 20 of those a year, and, and the that, same thing would same, happen almost every I mean, time. It, it, and by the way, the the guys that would would uh, first answer would always be on the on the on yeah the yeah flanks, by, by the, yeah, the flanks, by the, yeah, yeah exactly that's exactly who does that and either in the front or the back right <laughs> so, because they want either in the very front they want all the attention right or away way in the back where or they the way in the back they want to keep drinking and yes get high. exactly yes. when they get high and get high yeah that's exactly right <laughs> so this, it's so it's the same kind of people that do that that position themselves in these places but that's interesting to hear about that that response to say because I don't want to feel anything. I mean that's like uh it's profound, right? Yeah, well it's almost and it's like sad and very uh, it's it's profound. Um, and, yes. and so I just I go I go how about are you again in every room I'll answer this I go I go let's say I had, I had infinite powers I could create a I new social slate for you. I go how about uh, and 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 they'll always do this too. I go well what what, what would a guy need to do to be more uh Responsive to make it more the way you wanted. What, what would it look like? I don't. I don't. I'm confused. You know what? You don't like this. What would it look like? And always the same. But you'll go. I wish some, a guy would just listen to me. Just sit and talk to me. Right. And and I just go talking. What the fuck does that have to do about sex? Why is talk? Yeah. Right. Talking. <laughs> I talk to What's you? that I go. How about this? I go. How about he talked to you and you broke bread, and then he called you up. And you had another meal with him where he listened to you and talked to you. And she's like, oh, my God, that'd be awesome. Right. Because it's dating. Sure. And so I, I encourage my sons to try to date. Yeah. Learn to date because that fits a more healthy. And by the way, it's a super healthy environment for kids to operate. So they start to assess themselves and learn who other people are and learn, you know, they listen to the other person and who am I in relation to that person? And what do I like? What do I not like? That's where that all happens, not in a freaking frat house with right. music blaring. Well, that, but I think, isn't that the inherent problem is that they're so young that that's what you do? You run to the whole, like, just go out and get the drunk arousal, and try to hook up. Arousal, right, because yeah. you don't really learn until you're in your mid to late 20s that you're like, oh, if I... I think men by that time also are more interested in actually 
finding someone cool, quote unquote, that they're like want to hang out with, mm-hmm. right? Because when you're young, you're like, I just want to fucking party and I want to yeah. fucking party. Yeah. Now, is that a problem of th- what the male is or is that a problem with what society does? Because I think that like, look, I partied a ton in college. I had a good time <laughs> uh, and I dated too. But like, you know... Uh, a part of the system was almost like that was that was you know it's embedded it it was it's it's it is institutionalized in college campuses right and do you think drinking is at the crux of it oh uh well it's certainly an issue in it and the fact that the college campuses sign off on that that they're totally that it's like that that is what it is not not just yeah that's how kids are that's that's how kids are yeah it's like hey we know best that's how kids are right like no that's that's not that's not good you're allowing really pathological behavior to blossom well done yeah, well, I mean, if anything else, I feel like uh, college was like a, a movement for to learning people's diseases. Like a lot, of, <laughs> like a lot, like a lot of people just you were like, oh, that guy's an alcoholic. I just like learned who yeah. was. Yeah. Oh, that guy's a drug addict. Like it just became very clear, yeah. you know. And I struggled myself with like I'd be drinking too much at one point and then learn how to. But I think I was right. just I was learning a lot about. Well, well, to be fair, the 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 biggest problem is the binge alcohol, right? Not not right. the alcoholic, but the binge excess, right? That any kid could fall victim to i mean i think so many college kids absolutely do but but it also is because you know if we want to get into this this is even deeper but i think america as a whole our country as a whole we're on a whiskey podcast by the way this is the funniest (laughs) (laughs) no but our country as a whole and i would say drink responsibly you know um you know unless you're at home what time is it 130 yeah for it baby (laughs) no i I just think like uh, our country as a whole has a big big um reinforcement wall with liquor it's like it, it's supposed to be it's yeah, a, yeah it's a thing like yes, I, every I sporting event every dinner I every agree. game everything you know no, we Look, are, you, we, you, you go we, to a nice dinner the drinks are more than some of the meals absolutely so yeah, that we, that's become the culture yes you know we, we we reinforce the drug of alcohol yeah blindly well the government lo- makes a lot of money it, but it's nobody's fault. It's the culture, right? It's right. it's we we sign all sign off on it. It's a organizing drug in our culture. Well, we and we talked about this a little bit on yours. Of why like maybe my tolerance is high because of my past and the people, certain origins of the world, why they have more mm. drinking in their blood. Yeah. But this is something else I want to I want to ask you about because you know in this documentary I watch about prohibition, they tended to say that the those who were going through the worst times didn't drink the most. It was those that were going through like middle ground tough times right so like the uh, poorest of the poor that's interesting didn't have the highest alcoholic con- uh, uh, yeah. alcoholism in their community in fact like the working class so to speak but they didn't consider they didn't call it that it was something like it wasn't the wealthiest working poor working, working poor, poor yes right yeah. the working poor right yeah. yeah and they had the highest instances that makes sense because life was not atrocious yeah but it wasn't good yeah. it was getting by and i find that that's that's tended to be maybe the 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 belt line of america of like most people were kind of just getting by well n- so this helped get through a yeah. shitty day and, and we have lost our priorities we've right. lost a sense we've not raised kids to understand what makes life meaningful what do you family community right. service to other people connection our love relationships commitments being giving back meaningfully into the world yeah i mean that's where people find happiness not money right and not uh i don't know extreme sports or whatever big extreme vacations. sports are awesome though, they're dude. all awesome it's all awesome <laughs> yeah but it's not the source of happiness sure and we don't we don't talk about that very much anymore i've, I've been thinking about generating like a lecture series on this because it, it we when i say happiness people don't even know what the fuck i'm talking about anymore right well yeah, well, so. well that's well it's interesting because and then again also what makes me the happiest 
honestly, is having a drink with my family at my mom's house okay. and sitting in the living room and talking Good. and telling stories about family. Like yeah. Those moments to me are the most rich I'll ever have in my life. Perfect. You know, like it, it, yeah. it they, again, I, I'm not saying that that's for everybody, but that is, I, that is why I think this is a centerpiece to a lot of American culture because it does bring people together. Oh, it's a social lubricant. And it's it does, wonderful. And it does work yeah. and it yeah. does, and it is fun and it is all these things. That's the, the truth. Yeah. But we amplify it. Totally. You know, and we endorse it. And so, you know, it's a but, little concerning. But let me jump back. I, I, the other thing we, the other thing we've lost track of, by the way, on the other side, uh, in addition to not even knowing what happiness is, we are intolerant of ordinary misery. What is that? What do you mean? Life has ordinary misery. Well, yeah. All life. Yeah, I just have, took down my Christmas lights. That's I'm right. I saw, kill myself. Yeah, I saw that tree. It looked pretty barren. <laughs> um, ordinary misery. It, it, when, there's a there's a maybe apocryphal. I don't know, but a story about Sigmund Freud when he first hit this country. The reporters like Mr. Freud, Dr. Freud. What do you what do you hope to do when you arrive here in America? I hope to, to be able to determine the distance, the difference between real pathology and ordinary misery. Wow, that's what he said, huh? Yeah. Because, real pathology and ordinary misery. Yeah. And we and in this country we've gone from real pathology to intolerance of ordinary misery. <laughs> and life is there's life has fucked up moments. I mean it just does. Totally. Loss being the big one. Uh and it's just it's the way it is. And but so, isn't that extraordinary misery, don't you think? Loss? Ordinary misery to me is like uh depends. I mean, monotony. If, 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 yeah, but well, that's part of ordinary misery. I agree with you. But if it's your nine year old grandmother Loss is painful, but you can celebrate. If it's your, <laughs> that's you going. You gotta let her go, dude. Yeah, if she it's had a, a if good. If it's go. an eight-year-old, you know, it's like, oh Jesus, right? That's, that's terrible. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and no, I, but but I, but I think that I, well, I, I'm interested in that as far as like you saying you want to do a lecture about it, what to, to then. Obviously, there's no one answer, but what do you think is the missing piece of quote unquote happiness now in culture? Then what what is it that it, needs it, to it, be? Infused? If I could sort of encapsulate it. It's a lack of priority in the interpersonal. We, now, do you think this is a forever it. thing, or is this just in this culture I, I today? Think it's, I think it's been brewing for a long time in this country, yeah. and, it, and it's, it's been really bad for the last 50 years, I'd say. And that we've just put, we've devalued family, relationships, other cult, you know, Europe and South America and stuff. You can be, be impoverished, but they're happy because they have their core family unit. They have meaningful contributions in their community. Right. They, 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 they prioritize these things. We have to start prioritizing relationships. Well, let me ask you this then, because and community, look, and community. what you're talking is post, 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 post war, quote unquote, post World War II, right? No, so I like, don't want to do that. I, you I, don't want to go that far back. Well, because no, I, no, and that, oh, where am I saying the problem comes from? Well, yeah, because I'm saying if you said the past comes 50, from the 60 years, is, 60s. In the 60s specifically. The 60s, we started unraveling. The 70s, we actually unraveled, and we've not uncovered from But do you think it. that's a product of of the post-war, that what happened to this country post-war because of the it's boomer generation, to... because of the in, the, because of the in, industry's growth? And, I mean, like, it's hard to our country clear. exploded. I know. It's hard to know. Do we have too much money, too much success? Uh, I, I don't know. Or, well, I don't was there post-war one... trauma that got acted right. out? Who knows? I don't know. Well, there's not one pinpoint, but yeah. I guess, like, I always run back to, like, my parents' generation, the boomer mm-hmm. generation of, like... The How old idea, are your parents? Huh? How old are your parents? Uh, almost, what are they? I don't even know. What is it? They were born in, f- they're 67, Okay, maybe? so that's my peers. Yeah. Yeah. 67? Yeah, something like that. I don't even know. See, I'm I'm interested. That's not the post-war generation. That's the boomers. They're boomers. Yeah. That, yeah. But the post-war generation was your parents and my me were raised by. Right. They were very fucked up. But that's <laughs> what I'm saying. So don't. But but don't you think that was the lead into 
into this the growth of an economy that like exploded, right? And then they have these ideas that they say things like, uh, you know, the the family system, the family unit was so strong, but there was also so many things that were huge cracks that weren't talked yeah. about in family systems yeah. then too. And all that kind of opened up and unraveled. Yeah, right. So my point is, I think Americans still have good family core values. I think they wish to, they want to, right? Yeah. They pine to, but I think there's so many more distractions today. That's why mm-hmm. I say. Mm-hmm. I agree. Today, it's more because of of culture, right? Like this phone. I just showed you a, a good looking girl who I disagreed with that was good looking on my phone, right? Like that's a conversation that I can have with my friends within seconds. Yep. Right. That's not a real thing that you that could happen twenty, yep. thirty years ago. So the influence of things like your your just your own sexuality or your own feelings towards people and all of these quick responses you can get from from your peers it's I, having a huge rant it's it's yeah it's, it's affecting it's, us it's it's making yeah. us our our own worst critics of everything and yeah. then we can be in our own little thing and not have to worry it's about amplifying things in such a rapid way that uh, yeah i agree that's our, all, our sex style is going to be the demise of male culture probably more the re, the real vr stuff that's what i worry about if it gets good that's what I'm saying. Because I got to tell you, it's bad. I tried it in San Francisco, and it's still bad. It's VR porn or VR? I did. VR? V- I did. I did the highest level of VR that they had. I yeah. put on a backpack on me. It's a. It, yeah. can, it vibrates when you go through different things yeah, to make yeah. you feel as if you're doing them. Mm-hmm. And it was obviously induced for porn. I yeah. mean, like that's the funniest part. That they're like, "This is for real life." You know what I was like? This is so people can feel like they're fucking. Oh Jesus! It's like a machine on your back. You know what I mean? It's a. Um, yeah. What do they call that? It's the same thing that's inside your phone when a weight weight rotates in a circle and it creates okay. a vibrating motion. Whatever. It's the exact same thing on your back. Gyro. A gyro. Yeah. yeah. So it's the same thing, and it's like just so you could feel the vibration of yeah. sex. And I put it on, and I was walking through like a forest or whatever the fuck they had set up. It was still so terrible mm. that I was like, "This has got to be fifty years away yeah, from." Yeah, probably away. Good, which is good. <laughs> I, so, I don't, don't want to see. So it we'll hit. be dead when fine, it happens. Fine. All right, good. That's good. That's a good perspective. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I, but but I think because when I see the dolls online, you know, and and uh, I see, I, when I see that stuff, I just think about loneliness, which is the other big problem we have. So you couldn't be a healthy, well-adjusted person and have a sex doll? Didn't say that. No, I'm asking. I, 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 I imagine that's possible. But when, I'm, when I see those dolls, I think, oh, my God, you must be so lonely and desperate to, to have to do this, and that's that. What if, it's a, what if it's a married man who him and his partner don't enjoy having sex with one or, another, but or they enjoy they, the— No, more importantly, what you have to think about, because this is stuff I see all the time. Yeah. It's a married man and his wife suddenly gets dementia or has cancer and is you know, really sick. Or I mean, what do you do with those guys? Let him fuck a sex doll? I sure. Know. Yeah. <laughs> so it should be, I think the government should subsidize that. Listen, dude, if you get like ALS, it's like, give that guy a sex doll, man. Let yeah, him fuck so, it. So there are, there are variations on the theme, but that's not the people buying the sex doll. You know that. Yeah, no, no, no. The, I, the, know, the, I know. People buying the sex doll. Is I'm going to use your lonely. terms. I haven't done the data. <laughs> but what I think is it's lonely sex. My instinct is, is yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. but I've said this, I used to say this in my old album. My, one, of the fir- one of my favorite first jokes in my old album was about the fact that women could have a thousand sex toys and none of that is is, is socially um, unacceptable or also taboo. Men have one and we're freaks. We're mm-hmm. disgusting. Mm-hmm. So even if I have like, you know, even if a guy has like a like a thing that the jerks off, like a flashlight, yeah. you know, you're automatically, it's almost like a, ooh, gross, why, well, weird. It, what's, what's fascinating to me yeah. is that it is gross. Well, see, why it, is it gross? I don't know. 
But and, why is and, it okay if a woman has a million? I, it's not gross. I don't know why. Maybe it has, maybe there's something <laughs> yeah. very deeply psychological here about external versus internal. Right. That these representations somehow affect our brains in different ways. And, uh, is it be, and see, one has disgust and one has, ooh, it's hidden. I can't, no, it doesn't bother me. See, see, and I think it shouldn't be. I think that stereotype should, should be is different. That should is a different I know, question. I know, I know. Because a lot of this, much of the stuff we've talked about today shouldn't be. Yeah, it shouldn't be. And but But what I've always said is, we need to discuss what is so we can help things be the way they should be. Yes. If you don't discuss what is, how do you get to should? Because you're, you're fighting a, a, a ghost. You're fighting you know, an, an opponent right. that you haven't, haven't looked at yet. Yeah. You need to fully assess the And how do we get out of that and change it to where we should? Well, and that, that, like tying that all in, I think that's an establishment of what is a lot of root issues for relationship problems is because we don't really talk about um, myself included, you know, like we don't really get to the depths of like what we like and what we don't like in great, great detail in order to like move forward and progress to we, be we like, also don't, that's what I like, I don't like, you know? We also, I mean, you and I have found our, ourselves into a very kind of a deep conversation where we're talking about very instinctive responses we have to things. It's hard to get there in a day in, day out kind of conversation. Totally. Way. Most people don't. I mean, we sat here for an hour and we got to this point. Yeah. Right? And, and it's not everyone can do it, by the way. You know, right. I'm sort of used to doing stuff like that, years of therapy and helping people and stuff like that. I automatically go to these deeper spots and can kind of feel what they're about. And I, I kind of, in tune, I'm connected to all that because I did shit tons of work right. uh, to be able to talk to people that lie to me constantly, i.e. drug addicts, and be able to understand what's happening, and be able to suss out what's going for them. Your bullshit like, detector is through the roof. Then. No, I'm like a mind reader. I'm like, I, I don't really, literally read minds, I just I just feel what's going on. And, and so I'm, I'm, it's not a bullshit detector so much as like my body is like an antenna. Wow. And so I can I can sit across from somebody and just, just, it just it picks it up. So when I said I wasn't gay, you didn't believe me, did you? It's not that I didn't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 that, it's that there was more to be explored. <laughs> Shit, then now this is going to get out and everyone's going to be like, I told you, bro, those pictures were real. No, you're, but, but that, but that is, that is, uh, that is because you, you do listen to it. You have done the work. I think that's, a, that's, a, that's like the most important thing that none of us really want to go through those because those are agonizing. Like I have done the couples yeah. therapy thing and it's fucking agonizing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is what I, uh, the last thing I want to ask you. Um, uh, will you kiss me? No. Uh, the last, <laughs> the last thing I'll ask you is, uh, um, I am interested to know because because therapy and a lot of Americans, I focused on the show um, a bunch on I have because I struggle with anxiety mm. and a me little too. bit of depression, mostly me anxiety. Too. Me too. Um, and the fans know my I have I used to have ocular migraines and I've talked heavily about. Mm. I want fans to write in and I've talked to a few as much as I can about the experience of having panic attacks from something physical, right? Like a f- oh, yeah. something physical causes yeah, an attack. Yeah, I, I, my panic attacks, which I had, I had disabling panic attacks when I was like 19. Same. And they would they started getting triggered by a high-pitched tone in my ear. It was very weird. But like it was like, Ooh. Yeah. And, and, then you would, and then I'd fall into panic. Holy shit. It, weird. It was triggered in some Mine way. was I would go blind. Oh, yeah. Ocular migraine. It's a precursor trigger yeah. for a migraine, which yeah. is crazy because I yeah. don't get migraines. Yeah. So I didn't even know what that you have was. The, you have the shimmery stuff. I can't see anything. Oh, you actually go down. I, I, to- I go almost go totally blind. Oh, so you so you have a full, it's called an aura. It's a full, full aura. It's a full migraine, yeah. Yeah, so what well, happens is- You have is, migraine, non-headache migraine. Well, yeah. It, you may I, get- you, that, The headache usually comes- I was going to say, those thereafter. people usually get the headaches eventually. But it doesn't really, it's not as bad of a headache as I thought it was going to be. It will be. 
you what it grow it grows over time yeah, uh, often, uh. Often. well so i would go blind in my whole right eye it's not your right eye it's the whole field goes out on the sure, right so it's, but i could it's, i could only this see side out, on the right and this side i could on only the see out here i could yeah, see yeah. a little bit okay, there okay so it's going this way yeah yeah it was so funny yeah, but awful. that used to cause crazy panic attacks Scare, sure. i would have the it's worst pan- i'd end up in the er and i'd be in a fucking another um cat scan or whatever yeah. or, 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 whatever it is it's uh, a really scary thing yeah i hate it but um what i was saying was after all these years of trying to figure out like good therapy, mm. uh, the problem is I found myself cynically because of my personality finding therapists, whether couples or personal, that weren't good. That were that I believe weren't that not not that they were bad at their job, but they just like we didn't have a connection. It's hard to find the right therapist. It is hard, right? Like, like, like. It I feel like that's really a, that's difficult. a thing that people that plagues people is they're like, I just don't it's, trust them, or not, I don't. Not you know? only the right person. But the right uh, therapeutic modalities. Sure. I and mean, there's all kinds of therapies out there. So how do people even? How do you do it? Then? I, I, well, a lot of what it's really hard, man. When when I when I uh, went into therapy, it was like it was many many years ago. But but I had a psychiatrist friend of mine, and she was like, "Let me give it some thought." And she thought about it for a month before she gave me the the referral. Wow. And nailed it. Nailed <laughs> she it. She had for it right. Me. Yeah, Just right. nailed it. And so in a way, you kind of need. I hate to say it, but you kind of need help. Maybe you need help you, getting help? Yeah. It's fucking insane. I, you, need, you should create a system of like I am like just a, thinking, yeah, maybe. Cause, seriously. Because I, you know, CBT is one kind of therapy that's sort of very, very popular right now. And it does have some evidence-based use to it. Emotionally focused therapy, I think is really good, but right. finding the right person to do that. Trauma-based therapies and who does good EMDR versus not. Should you use neurobiofeedback and who does neurobiofeedback and how about dialectical behavioral therapies? And I, I will tell you there's one uniform feature that determines outcome mm. you want to give a guess to what that is in a, in a therapist uh, sort of what determines tool, a, toolkit a, i mean in terms of what is it about a therapist toolkit that determines good outcomes versus average outcomes um probably the willingness from the participant well that's for sure true but, yeah but but the therapist side oh from their side yeah um i, I mean i would imagine their level of of either study or interest, right? Like if they're well, you're almost there. Empathy, right. empathy. So, right. so the depths of attunement, which I told you about how I use like my whole body to attune, the depths of attunement determines the quality of outcomes, no matter what modality is used. Wow. So all these different modalities, as practiced, if they're practiced in the setting of a deep empathic attunement, mm-hmm. that's the ingredient that's necessary to make them all work. Wow. And so if you can find the right person, they, and that's kind of what you're complaining about, that you don't have the depth you're looking for. Yeah, because we and, found people that I just, I just, found, I just found the very surfacey. And see, I think you would have you if you want EFT, emotionally focused therapies for couples, really good. EFT. EFT. I, I can help you with that. Well, see, I would want it less for us. I'd want stuff more for me. To be honest with you, like the old bag and I are in a in a pretty good place. I just want more for me for stuff that I need to get cleared off because I have just terrible. I have bad anger issues. I have really bad um, uh, anger issues. <laughs> I'm just quick to jump. I'm quick to get angry, and then that translates onto her and my relationship. Yeah. But that's almost all my fault. Like, yeah. I don't see that in the moment, but in retrospect, I always know I'm like, well, I did all that bullshit. Mm. I was one that, I was the one that that ruined the end of the day. It's, I fucked up the a whole end of the day, and I know I did. Because I started like an asshole. I said some dumb shit about the outside that I had to do the thing, get on the roof and change the fucking timer. I did all that shit. And so that topples into like, well, then why are you mad at dinner? Like, oh, I fucking did that because I... I feel like 
a very motivated, <clears throat> you know, like you would benefit from the kinds of things that happens in 12 step. I'm not saying I'm not advising 12 yeah. step. I'm saying that kind of peer oriented. Okay. Well, so yeah. the peer level, like somebody you can really relate to who really listens to you, that, that's kind of what you need. You say I need friends? <laughs> Well, that's a tall order for you, man. I, I know that's rough, but but it's more than, that, more than that. More than that, it's like you need a sponsor. But I'm not saying you should do that. Sure, I, I, I'm. It's that kind of relationship. I feel like you need. And you should be able to find that in a therapist. I got, I got a gun. You got. You give me some people. Because here, here's my thing. I'm being yeah. genuine. I, yeah. I, you know how these fucking people start these dating website services to be like I, the matchmaker bullshit. Yeah. And they're and they're very very successful. These yeah. people are very famous, mm. and there's millions of them. A few that I see every time I'm looking at an airplane magazine, it's like these women that are like, let me find your match, you yeah. know, and all this shit. All I need is $100,000. <laughs> right, right, right. All right. I your firstborn <laughs> yeah. in a vial of blood. I don't understand why there isn't that thing for therapy of all sorts. Yeah, like, how you're come right. there isn't a system? Hey, you're right. Well, what I de- in, a, in a properly functioning, here, here's how the system should work. Mm. Should work, you should go to your doctor, a primary doctor, and go, I'm anxiety and depressed. You go, ah. Let me get a psychiatric evaluation to make sure that you know what this is going on and what the recommendations are. Psychiatrist then goes has a has a stable of people uh, that they can the call upon who right. then refer you in based on what that person's impression is. Of yeah, what but from you got. the jump, that's even hard because how do you find a good doctor? I, I, listen, I know all it this doesn't shit work not, this way. It doesn't this work is, this, this way. This is the problem with this whole system. This is like the healthcare system in America is already so flawed. It's so funny to me. It's like. We moved up here. I don't even know how to get a dentist. Like I know how to pick one from my network. How do I know? Whatever. I'm, I know. Throw, I'm throwing. I, I know. It's, it's. It's. I'm throwing a dart at a board that I don't know anything about. Yeah. You know what's so fucked up about it? Mm. It's like you tend to choose by and whether or not people hate me for saying this. You choose by like race and age. That's all you really do. Well, you also you look at a guy's name. You, you look, look at, at their the, picture. You look at the yeah. You look at whatever you know the bells and whistles are there that make you feel good. And you that's go what I'm with saying. That. It's bullshit. Yeah, it's it's bullshit. that's the problem. Yeah. Is like I I would rather know nothing about the human being, yeah. but get a recommendation and go. This person is good for you. I don't give a fuck if it's a man, it's a woman, it's purple, it's blue. I don't care what it is. Yeah. But the problem is when you look at a photo in one of these things, you automatically go to. Well, I want an older guy because I think an older yeah. person. Would be. You do all that shit. You know, <laughs> so dumb. You start well, a network. Why, that's why you need an ombudsman, which is what primary care is supposed to be. Boy, primary care is um, dead in this um, country. Ombudsman? Ombudsman, representative in the system. Oh, you're going to be Somebody. my ombudsman. Okay, I'll try. You'll be my ombudsman. The, the three things we learned is Dr. Drew is going to be my ombudsman. You're gay. Uh, uh, I'm gay, and women put up with so much yes. shit yes, it's, that it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, I appreciate we, you. But we're grateful for them. For yeah, us. no, I, I, we are. <laughs> we, 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 we need them. Um, and, and... Evaluate what is so we can get to what should. Yeah, evaluate what it is so we know what we can get to. What is what should? Or how to get to should. How to get to should. Yeah. Um, I want you to leave. I'm going to walk off camera. I want you to leave them with a word or a phrase. Could be one word, could be one phrase. Nice, short, and sweet. I'm going to get off camera. You say it right into camera and tell the fans. And, and, and the meaning is supposed to be anything. Matter. You say anything you want. Just say whatever you want. <clears throat> I, I have two sort of impulses. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll do this one. Uh, for, for, uh, let me just say, personally, for some reason, the word perfidy keeps coming up in my mind. Uh, it's a weird word. It's come up spontaneously in my thinking. Uh, so I, I think what that is suggesting is it be, be careful with the truth. Find the truth. And uh, you're worth it. In here, we pour whiskey, 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 whiskey. Oh, that creature in the ginger beard. Sturdy ginger. Like vampires, the ginger gene is a curse. Gingers are beautiful. You owe me $5 for the whiskey and $75 for the horse. Gingers, oh, hell no. This whiskey is excellent.